please don't judge. Please don't judge because we never saw that we never saw your favorite movie. But now it's time. All right, Al, let's hit him with the finale. It's Alex and Steve with a pot, and they're watching the movies they should have. It's movies that I should have watched. I should have watched. I should have watched. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Movies I Should Have Watched. I'm Steve Granato alongside Alex Schmitten. What up, Al? Hey, I'm on my second cup of coffee. This one is a Kona blend. The first one was um, from a Columbia brew um, out of L.A. It came in a really cute little pink bag. And um, Wait, did you brew it yourself or did you drive to Los Angeles to get a coffee? I brewed it myself. French press, baby. Baby, So it's really good. Um, it's got some hints of, well, the, the Hawaiian one that I'm drinking right now has some hints of coconut and, um, vanilla and it smells really good. And the other one was really bitter, um, but I made it really strong. So it, it got the job done. Every time I hear the word bitter, I think of, uh, of that SNL bit of the sofas, the sectionals one, unfortunately with Louis CK. Uh, but when she says bigger, what's her name? Amy, Aidy Bryant, when she says bigger, okay. but I hear bitter and I go bitter. Anyway, that has nothing to Did do with Did you know this. that sharks don't have bones? No. It's all cartilage. <laughs> it's all cartilage. The whole That's cool. I don't, I don't know where that came from. Jaws, oh. Jaws was week one. Right. No, I should. You're right. I should have yeah, yeah. said that. <laughs> Retcon. Throw that in. We have uh, additional information that has just become known to us that we would like to add to episode one. We gotta throw uh, in like a like a breaking news, like yeah, yeah, or just like <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> Hi, hey fans! Just before this episode begins, we'd like to say, <laughs> I think so um, too. All right, Al. Um. Anyways. Anyways, uh, we're gonna be talking about Dead Poet Society today. Um, before we do that, however, it's time for that time old honored tradition for the second week in a row. We're gonna be playing a twenty second. Pitch. Uh, last week, I did a really bad job of pitching Standing Up, Falling Down. Alex, it's time for you to pitch a movie. I'm going to put 20 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Yes. All right. In three, two... Oh, wait. I probably should explain what this is. Uh, Alexander, you have 20 seconds to pitch a movie. Could be any movie of any kind. Uh, and say and and tell people why they should watch it, why they should like it, why you like it. You have twenty seconds. In three, two, one, go. So it's it's called Best in Show. It stars um, just a bunch of random actors, but they have really good characters. And if you're a really big fan of characters who like have a backstory and everything, it's really funny. Uh, if you like dogs too, it's super cute. It has those two actors from uh, Schitt's Creek. That's it. Dogs characters Best all right your show. time is up i think cool. that movie is actually really witty you should watch it well actually, i've never heard of it mm, i i don't know i don't know i don't know if it's for you but we should watch it i never heard of it it's That's... it's another one of those cult movies mm, mm. very cool um okay alex and just like we do at the top uh we want to give our like final verdict here at the top at least like without getting into it so in case anybody's just tuning in to be like hey like should we watch this movie before we get into things so um what are your thoughts on dead poet society is this a movie that someone should have watched like someone should watch 
Yeah, I think so. Two thumbs way up. Two thumbs way up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say that this is definitely a movie that you should we should have seen. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. Um, but you should go see and come back and listen to this pod after so you can hear what we say about it and how we can talk about it. Um, anyway, yeah. So go watch Dead Poet Society and then come back if you haven't already. So we are now officially entering spoiler territory. Let's get into it. Dead Poet Society, released in 1989, came out on June 9th, 1989. It is a PG-rated movie, runtime run of two hours and eight minutes, a comedy and drama. PG? Uh, here is the, it's PG, yes, I know. Um, it is uh, directed by Peter Weir, written by Tom Shulman, and stars Robin Williams, Robert Sean Leonard, and Ethan Hawke, amongst many others. Um this is the IMDb tagline here. Maverick teacher John Keating uses poetry to embolden his boarding school students to new heights of self-expression. Um, yes, so Robin Williams, Ethan Hawke, Josh Charles in this is in this movie. Kurtwood Smith, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Red Foreman from yeah, that yeah. 70s show. Um, very limited scenes, but did a really good job in this movie. Yeah. Um, no surprise there. Kurtwood Smith, a, a very seasoned actor, um, and, and Rob William, Robin Williams was awesome in this movie. Shocking nobody. Um, Alex, first thing I wrote down, I wrote down a couple of quick notes as I as I do. Are you keeping notes now? Are you on the on the notes train? Nope. No, just nope. Uh, all in the brain. All in the brain. The good very old cool. Good old brain. Um, good old brain. Okay. First thing I wrote down is I hate bagpipes. Uh, there are hmm. a couple bagpipe scenes where they play that one song, the that kind of sound like a banjo, but yeah, it's like the classic um bag. Like I feel like there's only one bagpipe song that ever exists. <laughs> like it's just the one, the one classic Irishman entrance. Yes. Song. Uh, I hate bagpipes because my high school mascot was the Highlander. And at every football game, we had a man dressed as a Highlander in a kilt. Same guy forever. I, I wonder if he's still doing it. Um, not right now, obviously. But uh, playing playing that one song all game long, every Friday, <laughs> under those Friday night lights. Uh, and then, of course, my sister went to the same high school for four years before I got there. So I went to those football games for four years. Then I went to football games for four years once I got there. So for eight years, all I heard was that song on bagpipes. Um, What's that song called even? I I want to like do a quick little little web search. That one bagpipe song. Okay. So I think it's called Scotland, Scotland the, the Brave. Brave. Yep, that's what it looks like. And the uh, other one is Amazing Grace. <laughs> Those are the two. Yes, it's Scotland the Brave. Um, so anyway, that that's in this a couple times, twice maybe, at the beginning and I think towards the end. Um, it's like in the opening sequence. Um, one thing that bothered me when they were playing that in the beginning was that the um, there were a couple flat notes in the bagpipe. I don't know if ooh. you could tell, but it just really irked me. I was like, that's not right. On top of a song that's already, you know, we already know what it is. So, Yes, I did I not notice like that, sound. but uh, good catch. Fun little Easter egg um, for you. Fun little Easter egg. <laughs> um, the so the, the, yeah, the beginning of this movie is a little like 
I don't know. It, it doesn't really like do much. The first couple minutes, like it doesn't really explain much. It's kind of just setting the scene. Um, this is like a boarding school situation where, you know, a bunch of rich kids go um, and get taught the arts and engineering and all that kind of stuff. Right. Super um, strict curriculum. Super strict. Yes. So, uh, Latin. I wrote <laughs> Latin. Uh, Alex, um, this movie is super white. <laughs> I wrote that down. I put very white movie. Um, there is one that I noticed. There is one black character in this movie. Do you know where that black character is? Um, in the play somewhere in the in the audience. No, nope. Uh, that's maybe. There's only one that I noticed, mm. and it's and this person is on screen for maybe one second. Is he like a janitor or something? Very close. He's actually it's a it's a male, as what I could tell. Uh, I would assume their identity is a, a cook inside Chris's school. Chris, the girl, the the one that the guy oh. is in love with. While he's like after he goes to confess his love or whatever at the school, he like runs to hide in the kitchen. And there is like one black cook in there that you don't even see his head. It's like just a body that walks across screen for like a split second. That is the only person of color I saw in this entire movie, uh, which is which is insane. Do you think it'd be historically accurate though for a boarding school in the fifties? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. Do think I just casting? like you have to you have to like try to not hire someone of color at that point. Like the amount of people extras and like students, like there's so many people yeah. in this movie. There's so many like wide shots of the school and there's like a bunch of students and stuff. Like you have to really try not to hire someone of color. It's really crazy. Right. Um, but anyway, that that's just a fun thing. Um, let's talk about some of the characters. Um, so it's like a group of, of students, right? Uh, Neil Perry, Todd Anderson, Knox Overstreet, Charlie Dalton, Richard Cameron, um, Stephen Meeks, uh, Gerard Pitts. These are these are all the the students, right? The group of students that were falling, and they're really led by Neil Perry. Neil is like the main the main kid um, yeah. that the movie is pretty much centered around, uh, like centered around. But this movie isn't like his story. Um, no, I think it's about a bunch of people's stories. Yeah, it has. It's not like uh, what's it called? Like what we watched last week, um, Gone with the Wind, right? Where it's Scarlet's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so you got Neil. I kind of tried to, like, pinpoint a certain theme with a lot of the characters. Like, Neil was super passionate. Like, um, what's his name? Todd was, like, he was kind of always searching for, yeah, you know, confidence. Yeah. Um, you had uh, Knox, who was, like, lo- he was, like, in love. Mm-hmm. Um. Had... Yeah, they did all kind of have their own quirks. Like Dalton was like the cool kid. Yeah, their own like little arc. Like I mean, yes. Robin Williams, right? He had his everything kind of came full circle for him too. Yes. So yeah, there was like a lot of cool moments to where you could watch the characters actually develop, which was like really cool. Yeah, you're right. They all all the characters did have like defining traits and had somewhat of a character arc. Yeah, um, which just kind of goes to show how how good the writing was in this movie. Um. Of the characters, uh, who was like your favorite of them all? Like, of other, let's let's go with the like the, the students. Who was like your favorite one? Um, I think I liked. I think I liked Todd the most. 
Okay, Todd played by Ethan Hawke. That's also my answer. I really liked Ethan Hawke's portrayal of Todd. I think it's because at the like towards the end, that's when everything kind of came into fruition for him. That's when yes. I was like, "Oh, this is cool. Like he's got a cool like little journey." So, yes. it took some time to get to it, but yeah, I think all in all I'd be like, "Dude, yeah, Todd. Todd's cool." Todd was really cool, and the only like one of the only knocks I have on this movie is I wanted more Todd. Uh, Give us more there was Todd. Like a, I felt like there was a lull where Ethan Hawke wasn't really in it for about 20 minutes, a half an hour, um, right. where I was like, yo, where's Ethan Hawke? Like, he's so good. Um, I literally wrote down, Ethan Hawke is so fucking talented. Um, mm. That's literally what I wrote down. Because, like, I, I don't remember what scene it was that spurred that thought in my brain. Um, I think it might have been where what really, like, what really set it off and where like you saw his talent was when he did the poem, right? Where Robin Williams forced him to do the poem in front of the class and like write one on the spot. Yeah. Ethan Hawke did so freaking good right there. Mm-hmm. Like, like this, like the way his voice trembled and the way, like how nervous he showed his character was and like how like the poetry took over his like body in that moment. Like so yeah. freaking good, dude. Like that was so awesome. I, I think that was maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, no, for sure. Because, I mean, it showed his development, too. And and it um, you, it made you think a lot as as he was talking because he would say, I don't remember what he said specifically, but, like, the students afterwards started to laugh. And then uh-huh. um, uh, Keating was like, he's like, don't don't think about them. Just keep stick to the, stick go, to the go, art, go. stick yeah. to the poetry. And then he just kept going. And you could tell, too, even from, like, the um, the words in the poem, he was like, you could tell he had some some demons to to like handle mentally yes. as a character, and to uh to convey that while he was acting. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I so, agree. That was like the coolest yes. scene for sure. Ethan Hawke was like eighteen at the time when Whoa. he shot that. Wait, is he uh, like a? Is he in anything else? He yes, he is in Training Day. Um, he is the father in Boyhood. One of my one of my fave movies, Boyhood. Uh, he's in the Magnif- mm. Magnificent Seven. Um, mm. What else? I'm scrolling his IMDb now. The, he's in The Purge. Interesting. Sinister. I'll have to watch more of him because I, I he's don't, he's really I talented, um, and he's really really smart. Um, like as a as a human being now. Um, cool. Yes, Ethan Hawke was was arguably the best. Like I would put him right behind Robin Williams in in terms of performance in this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, Robin let's Williams talk was about, cool. He gave a little yeah, bit of let's, everything. Let's talk about Robin Williams. Uh, the f- this, <laughs> I wrote down, Robin Williams is the teacher that every movie since Dead Poet Society has tried to recreate. Uh, like, he's like the, like, I'm the crazy teacher. And, like, I have, like, ways that are different than everybody else. And I'm going to inspire. Like, he, like, I feel like so many movies and TV shows have tried to do that since this came out. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't really know any movies that came before this that could, like, I don't know. I don't either, like, but, like, chance? I feel like this is, like, the tier, like, the top tier of crazy outlandish teachers right, that inspire. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, so name another one. I was thinking of, like, School of Rock. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of, too. Like, School of Rock has different, well, I mean, not really, because he's not really has different ways, but, like, when, when the teacher, when the principal walks in, he, oh, I have different methods or whatever. He's just lying. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other like 
any other specific stories, but yeah, I, I like the, the idea of him bringing all these like unorthodox teaching methods to still deliver like a good, good curriculum to the, to um, the kids. Cause it's cool. Yes. I mean, he has well, some like, really cool, cool ideas. There's like a, a direct nod to it, um, in community. Oh. Um, there's a professor that literally like lives off of, uh, Carpe Diem and it's uh, played by John Michael Higgins in Community, uh, the NBC sitcom. Um, but yeah, there's like a literal episode dedicated to that whole thing. And that um, cool. seems like that's a total nod to, to Dead Poet Society. Um, but yeah, Robin Williams, um, it's he's really incredible in this film. It's like such a Robin Williams movie. And it's one of those like, it shows that he can still... Like, he can act in a drama really well. Like, he can yeah. hit those dramatic notes really, really well while still being funny. Yeah, I mean, because I liked the little voices that he was doing when That's he was That's what I was going to say. He, you could tell. it. That was, like, the real Robin Williams. That's real Robin Williams. But, well, I guess that was the, the natural Robin Williams. Uh-huh. But then, yeah, he was still able to have those, like, yeah, really, like, sad moments. Like, where he's read at the sincere. end. Or he's yeah, reading the, the book. Moments. Yeah, it was yeah i agree he, he has a good balance i wrote i wanted to ask you this i wrote down has robin williams ever had a movie where he didn't do an impression no there'd be no point in booking robin williams if he didn't <laughs> yeah. do impressions in the role yeah because i mean like mrs doubtfire he's impersonating a woman the in almost the entire movie and also had like a scene in the mo- middle of the movie when he's like trying to find the voice where he's just doing a bunch of impressions. And even his character yeah. just does impressions in the beginning yeah. of the movie. He's like, I do a great impression of a hot dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, side note, dude, I remember my dad told me that uh, he, he grew up in Arizona and when he moved out to California, he moved to long beach and uh, he went, like he would go to like comedy clubs, clubs and stuff. And once saw Robin Williams, like doing just like testing things out, like just for testing cool. set. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, I would like love to see like that would be that would have been a really cool sight to see like Robin Williams being like all thespian and just uh-huh. hello, what am I doing over here? And then he like goes yeah. into like a different character. That would be really fun. That would that would be really fun to see. That would be a time. That'd be a time for sure. Wicked. Uh, but yeah, Robin. Robin was. I mean, there's so many good moments of Robin Williams in this movie. Uh, what was like your fave, like Robin Williams moment? Um, the scene where he's like, he's not very tired. He's exhausted. Like mm-hmm. that little, um, I don't know. There were just like little moments where you could tell the writing in this was, was. Well, just so... even from his beginning, right. When he first walks in, right. He literally just like, he's whistling <laughs> and like, he walks into the classroom and then just like whistles and everyone's like, what's happening. And then he just walks out of the classroom in the back door and then comes back and he's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very like, mysterious. What? Yeah. Very cool. What an entrance. I think that's the first time you see Robin Williams on screen. Um uh, I think it is, yeah, because they do like a reveal of him, right? Where like they're following him from the backside and you very clearly know it's Robin Williams, but like you haven't seen him yet. And then mm. he walks in, he's doing that whistle, and then all the students like stop talking, right? And then he just <laughs> he walks out of the room, he's like, Come on. Uh, yeah. I mean, very yeah, cool. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then he starts talking about Carpe Diem, right? Seize the day is kind of like the whole mantra of the movie. Um, is like express yourself, live your life, uh, 
sees the day, right? Like that's kind of the whole, the whole thing. I don't know how popular the phrase carpe diem was prior to this movie. Uh, we were not alive. Um, 40 years ago. No, yeah, 30 years it ago. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a, a couple, 30 years ago or so, 31, 32 years ago. Um, but we, yeah, I don't know how popular it was prior to this movie coming out, but it definitely is like a phrase now, 100%. Like that's definitely a thing that people like live by or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, I like, like he, it's really cool how he like, he shows the students like, the old pictures and I, I loved where he like has them rip out the pay, the introduction of the book. Yeah. I that mean, it kind of really set cool. a precedent to like his teaching style too, or it's like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and, and again, it comes full circle at the end when they're, they're talking about, yeah. you know, read the PhD, you know, whatever yeah. his name was. I don't even remember. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, they set a really good, um, uh, base for like what his character would be, based on you know it's like unconventional but still like really good quality lessons that are built in to really develop these guys very much um yes so very ah god i don't i could go on and on about how good robin's robin williams is and i know a million people have done that and will continue to do that we it's not like we're breaking the mold here and be like wow this is really out of left field yeah but it's different here I think it, it definitely, but I mean, like we should step back and realize like how incredibly lucky we are to have had Robin Williams. And like, this is, this is just another in the long line of just incredible performances. Like the only performance I can think of that I just was like, eh, on from Robin Williams was like Bicentennial Man. And like, I think that was right. more just cause the movie was whatever. Yeah. But, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. They're not all winners, you know? They're not yeah, all winners. not every movie is a winner. But, like, more times than not, like, 99 times out of 100, they are for Robin Williams, right? Like, Patch Adams, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, his performance as the genie in Aladdin is incredible. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire we talked about. Like, there's so many yeah. movies Did you ever watch that... Hook? Yes, he's so Hook good in Hook. Good. Like yeah, Hook. like, there's so many movies where it's just like, dang, dude, like, you just keep getting reminded over and over again how much of a talent this man was and even like he did a, a stand-up special i remember when like like obama got elected like right around that time the first election in 2008 or so he did like a anti-bush kind of situation hmm. uh and i remember that i remember watching that stand-up special with my dad and it was super funny and it was like his return to stand-up comedy which he had done in like 20 years oh. or whatever um so that was really good like yeah man don't miss it would be like it'd be such a weird um movie if he was not the teacher impression if he wasn't in no no if robin williams wasn't even cast in this movie i think oh, it wouldn't the, work i think it wouldn't work dead poet society would be yeah completely different yeah completely uh, that's the case with most of his movies right like think mrs doubtfire there's no one no one else could have done like yeah, you, no. you think like oh what jim carrey no jim carrey wouldn't have been able to handle that movie in the same way chris like, farley been, chris farley <laughs> that wouldn't have been the right yeah it just wouldn't work right it wouldn't work uh, yeah but yeah, he's Robin, Robin knocked it out. Dude. He knocked it out of the park. He, of course he did. This is so one of his best performances. Yep. I think like so. Top, did top win, five. Did the movie win any awards? Uh, that's a great question. Well, first off, it looks like it's it cost him $16 million to make, and they made box office $235 million. Pretty good. It won. That's okay, a great investment. So it did. 
It did win a couple awards. Academy Award for Writing Original Screenplay. Uh, BAFTA Award for Best Film. With BAFTA? Uh, BAFTA is another. Like, it's a smaller... Uh, I guess the, the bigger one... The biggest one is Best Original Screenplay. Robin Williams did not win anything, and it doesn't look like he was um, nominated either, which is strange. Uh, Let's see. Yeah. 1990 Best Film. He got a Golden Globe. Oh, no. Nominated. Sorry. Let's see. The... 1990 so it was the 1990 uh, awards the academy awards uh daniel day lewis won best actor in a leading role for my left foot never heard of it uh denzel won actor in a supporting role for glory that's a good that's a good one that holds up jessica tandy won actress in the leading role for driving miss daisy uh, brenda fricker won for my left foot actress in a supporting role uh art direction batman Okay. Batman? Batman won for art direction. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, yeah. So, so that's what it was. So, he was nominated. Robin Williams was nominated for actor in a leading role for Dead Poets. Um, also nominated uh, was Morgan Freeman for Driving Miss Daisy. Tom Cruise for Born on the Fourth of July. I've never heard of that movie. Uh, Kenneth oh. Branagh. Branagh? I don't know. For Henry F- five henry the fifth i guess and then daniel day lewis won for my left foot um what else was it okay it was uh nominated for directing born on the fourth of july won um best picture driving miss daisy won okay um, i think yeah okay, and, then it, and then it won and then it won for uh for writing so that's right. the only thing it won for the academy awards um which they're wrong uh yeah <laughs> it should have I mean, won more Right, like just because it didn't win the Academy Award doesn't mean that it's not a good movie. Like, yeah, I'm I'm it's sure a, a ton of movies on this list that we're about to watch are didn't even win or like yeah, you know, might have been nominated or yeah, or might not have been nominated. So yeah, that's okay. how it goes. What if that's how like, the Academy's definitely miss sometimes. Um, okay, let's move on from from Robin Williams. Um, so let's talk about the kids. Um. What's Knox was the one that was all in love with the girl, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Knox. Let's talk about Knox a little bit, or let's talk about the Dead Poet Society. So Dead Poet Society is like uh, when Robin Williams went to this school as well when he was a kid, and like he started this club where they they go to this cave and they read poetry, which like yeah. of all the things you can go do at a cave <laughs> when you're in high school. On the on the totem pole of like worst thing you could do to least worst thing you could do, this is probably the least worst thing you could ever do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like for them to get in trouble for this is like absolutely insane. Right, right. Like this is the like the the amount of things they could have been doing in that cave. <laughs> like, yeah, could yeah. have been Poetry doing like satanic like rituals. Thing. Like could right. have been done there, or like hardcore drugs or anything else. Um, animal sacrifices. I could just think there's a million things. Uh, poetry. Like if someone were going to a cave and do poetry, I'd be like, wow, you're lame. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Go do something else. Um, but these but kids it, are cool. It was really cool how like how quickly I felt like the movie kind of went fast, but in the sense of like it didn't take much for for Robin Williams to start inspiring these guys to start being poetry po- poetry boys because it kind of took neat like. Neil, right? That was the Neil is the main, yeah, the main. Character. Yeah, Neil. I mean, he kind of right took away. the reins on it, and he got the like Robin Williams gave him the book, you know, and then mm-hmm. he started. He's like, oh, I'm gonna lead this, and so then he they they kind of they found the cave really quick, 
you know yeah. so things can we things, talk about that scene things got yeah wait yeah can what we about talk it? about when they when they found the cave and they're like searching for it so they all go out in the middle of the night it's in a forest and it's super foggy really pretty but the way it's shot they are only silhouettes and they're wearing they're all wearing like cloaks right like yeah. big jackets that have pointy hoods oh <laughs> and like that was one of the first things i was like it's real i'm really glad these are black hoods oh <laughs> yeah like, it looked a little sketchy uh, uh, yeah yeah sure from a 2021 perspective that was one of the only things that they like, didn't hold up i was like maybe get rounder hoods <laughs> or I'll bring up the one. lights bring bring up the lights a little bit they they did find <laughs> the cave really quick too like... yeah it was like a montage essentially right it yeah. was like kind of like a mini montage to the find the cave um but yeah the 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 kids are are all have different you know whatever mantras or styles of living or whatever you want to say um character traits they're not while there is a few too many to like really focus in on one like yeah we talked about ethan hawk and stuff but like they some of them kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit like i feel like there's maybe a little too many kids where like i'm okay which one is meeks like what is meeks's thing nuanda kind of was that his name wait what's nuanda nuanda that's dalton oh okay that was that his last name or something no, no, his last name is Dalton. His first name is Charlie. Why did they call him Nuanda? Because that's what he wanted to go by. He was the weird guy. He was oh. like the National Lampoon kind of <laughs> Ferris Bueller type. He was right. a, little cr- a little kooky. That's true. Uh, okay, 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 whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you got Nuanda. You got Meeks, who was the Latin dude. He was really like into Latin. He was like the, yeah. the really smart yes. yeah. Latin boy. And then um, Pitts. Pitts was just really tall. I don't really know anything yeah. else about Pitts. Yeah, see, there's some of those guys that are kind of like fringy, didn't really have character traits. Like the the main ones were Neil, Knox, Todd, and and um, and Dalton, aka Nuanda. Um, Nuanda, Nuanda. Uh, so uh, Knox, who is like sees this girl, Chris. Like the, this is one of the more like prolific side stories of the movie is like his love for this girl who goes to a different school. Um, like this, she's really cute blonde girl. Um, who, who played her? Who played Chris? She was, she was really good. Um, Alexandra powers played Chris. Um, I have never seen her in anything else. And it looks like she stopped acting in 2001 best known for dead poet society. Um, yeah, she was she was around twenty or so. She's like twenty twenty two at the time. Um, she did really good. I really I really like this storyline of the of the love triangle where she's the the cheerleaders dating the football guy, and then he goes and professes his love at the school, brings flowers, and like wants to read her a poem, and like embarrasses her or whatever. But yeah. then ultimately, it turns out that she's like comes back and is like shows up or whatever very cute it's very like high school love yeah 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 very very innocent but i mean Mm -hmm. if like outside looking in you're like this dude he's going off of nothing like he's just going (laughs) off of like there's no reason why this girl should like him like because she she doesn't even know yeah she invites him to the party but like there's no she like i noticed right away she asked him she's like oh did you like you bring anybody and he's like no it's just me you know just it's i'm the only one here and she's like okay cool yeah i mean you know so-and-so's here you know i'm gonna go do my own thing you know there's like 
there's zero chemistry. It's just all yeah. pretty much in his head. He just, it's just the way she looks. There's and then, something about her. Yeah. And then things do end up working out. So that's cool. Uh, but but yeah, not I without. I wanted to get to this with without some. Definitely some like 2021 vision of going, whoa, not cool. Uh, and it wasn't cool at the time either. But like, it's definitely not cool now. Like the party where she's like passed out on the couch and he's like carpe diem and he like kisses her on the forehead yeah, it's, and it's is weird. like making a move very like that i put kissing a drunk girl at a party at a party is not carpe diem like that's not what that means you no. should not don't do that don't no 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 like that's that wouldn't i don't think that would be in a movie now i don't if they were shooting this movie today that probably like it would be more like they are both drunk and like they're getting flirty it's right. they wouldn't do she's passed out and he yeah. makes a move because that's super, super not cool. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Um, Dalton. Let's get into Dalton, a.k.a. Nawanda. Um, he. So what kind of spurs like the downfall of this movie is like he. I kind of missed this a little bit. I think I was checking my phone, but he like. Like he sends something to the paper, like the school paper, or talks like talks about the club, right? This Dead Poet Society, which, by the way, I, by my count, they said Dead Poet Society over five or six times in this movie. Um, I'd stop counting at five. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, yeah. He, so Dalton, um, he wants girls to go to the school or something. Like he's, he's yeah, just he, he's, he's weird. The Ferris Bu- he's Ferris Buellerian. Yeah, <laughs> he he gets all like um confident that he's now a man of uh you know literature Culture. and yeah yeah and then he's like oh we gotta bring girls here and then he writes a, yeah, yeah he's stupid and writes a poem or writes a letter saying dead poet society but then he's like oh I'll just pretend that it wasn't me <laughs> and then and then he and then he um <laughs> he like brings a phone to the meeting like the school meeting when yeah all the yeah when like are there and stuff. yeah all the yeah, so that's what I wanted to get into. Like, yeah, they're having like a school wide meeting, like an auditorium, like in like the church or whatever. Like, they're making a big old like, I don't even remember what they're talking. Like, they're just saying like this society thing or whatever. If you know anything about this or whatever, yeah, speak now. You know, speak now. Yeah, and then and then Dalton has a phone ring, and then he, what does he say? Like, he says it's God. God's telling yeah. you to bring girls into girls the, to the school. school. Yeah, <laughs> great prank. Very funny prank. Uh, but then this le- that led to my second least favorite scene in the movie, um, not because it's bad, but because it's like ugh, god awful, uh, where he gets paddled <laughs> by the pr- yeah. like, by the principal. Uh, hated that, hated <laughs> it. He's like, oh god, when the principal just says assume the position, it's like oh no. Right. Uh, right. Then he gets paddled for like a good thirty seconds. Uh, 30 seconds to a minute and i hated every single second of it uh, yeah but because it was well done uh not because it was like ooh, this isn't cool i mean it's not cool but you know what i mean yeah so that's kind of dalton's thing he like that's that's where his <laughs> journey ends you know it's kind yeah. of like but yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't rat right they're like he never rat yeah yeah, yeah. he never rats he never like rats that. on the society um, like he says, like he has a pretty cool line. I think one of his last lines, um, I forget what he says, but like, what did you tell them? What did you tell them or whatever? And then he like 
says he, something. He says Nuanda or something, and then that's yeah, why I was like, oh yeah, I was he's like, like, call me Nuanda or whatever. Yeah. He's like, nice. Nah, sorry, like, so he didn't. Nuanda. He didn't rat. <laughs> he didn't rat. He's like, and it's not Dalton, man. It's Nuanda. Like, ah, he didn't tell. Nice, good work. <laughs> um, but then so, that gets to like, oh, do you want to say something? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, if you're looking at this as like a show. Like, that was the Nuanda episode. Like, that was his, <laughs> you know, that was his, his moment. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. was the Nuanda episode. Um, this unfortunately gets to the, I guess, the twist of the movie or, like, the bat, the worst part. It, like, kind of leads to the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, well, because up until then, right, everything's kind of building up. You know, all these guys, yeah. they're starting to feel more confident and they're they're building all this character. And Neil is getting super passionate. He's like... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this play. Like I'm gonna. I guess they don't really go over the journey of that play. Like, he never went to a rehearsal or anything. No, we just kind of told that they kind of glossed the over day. the play situation. So Neil wants to become like an actor or whatever. Like that, he finds that that's his passion, and that's when he talks to Ethan Hawke, aka Todd, uh, and is like, "Dude, like I'm gonna do this play." Like his his dad, Red Foreman. <laughs> Yep. AKA Kurtwood Smith, AKA Mr. Perry, Neil's dad, uh, already takes him out at the beginning of the movie, actually takes him out of one of his extracurriculars, which he was like the editor of the school newspaper or whatever. Right. And he's like, you can't do this. You're like overloading yourself. You need to not do this anymore. Um, so we kind of get like a, of a, a glimpse of who Kurtwood Smith is playing in this movie, which at this point, like he obviously hasn't played red yet, which is probably one of his biggest roles. But like in the eighties, seventies and eighties, like Kurtwood Smith is like the bad guy villain kind of, like that's what he's known as. Mm. Um, so like guy. you can, if you're watching this in 1990 uh, or 1989, uh, one one can assume right. Okay, Kurtwood Smith is going to be the bad guy. Um, yeah. So yeah. So then he ends up like uh, Neil ends up talking to Todd and is like, I need, I want to do this. I want to act. Like there's a school play. Like and and Todd's like super like dude you can't do that like your dad's not going to let you or whatever and like he's kind of like apprehensive about it and he's, and then uh Todd has a really good or Neil has a really good line where he's like whose side are you on like are you on my side or are you on my dad's side and that like really like that shit landed um I agree but then yeah he he goes out he gets the role the leading role of this spoiler alert not good play <laughs> it's a weird play. It's a Shakespearean play. play, I think. Like, okay, I think that's why it's strange. Very strange. Weird costume design. At one point during the play, he's just wearing like a long sleeve T-shirt. It's like baggy. It's not good costume. It's a high school play, right? Um, From the fifties. Yeah, not good. But uh, yeah, so he he gets the role and like he knows that his dad is not going to let him act. And, and then eventually we learn that that's true. His dad's like, you cannot act. You are not allowed to do this or whatever. And this is what sets off the chain of events that leads to the end of, of the movie. Right. Where, where Neil goes to Mr. Keating, AKA Robin Williams at this point, And is like, I want to act, but my dad won't let me like, and then Robin Williams is like, you got, you got to talk to him, man. Like that's, that's like literally the only way, you can do what you want to do. And I think he's playing like a 17 year old at this point. So what, like a junior or a senior, I think like a junior, right? Yeah. Um, so like, he's kind of coming to that point in his life, like the coming of age point of his life where it's like, it's time for me to start doing what I want to do. And this is kind of like that conversation with his father, like, which they didn't show initially, which I thought was a little strange, right? Like they didn't show that conversation 
Neil just says, oh, yeah, my dad approved it or whatever. Like, he's not happy, yeah. but he approved it. And Which that, I thought that was weird. That's what led me to believe, like, okay, is he lying to Mr. Keating? Or is, is the dad actually, like, okay with this? Yeah. And, and I guess I was he, still kind of unsure. But, yeah, so then Kurtwood Smith, Mr. Perry, his father, shows up. Like, he shows up, like, midway towards the end of the play, right? Because right. apparently, like, he was in, like, Chicago or something. Where he, and he couldn't he couldn't make it or whatever, but he does show up, and that's they definitely did that to like try and throw you for a loop, right? Where it's yeah. like, yeah, I was like, like oh my gosh, oh my God. He's here. like he yeah. showed up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, very cool. His dad showed up, he's supporting him. Uh, that quickly turned sour. So <laughs> even though, okay, again, it's a high school play, so I think they were trying to play that up, like, hey, this isn't that good, <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be some incredible performance or whatever, but everyone's like, dude, you killed it. And he gets a standing ovation, which yes, admittedly is led by his friends, but he does get like a standing ovation and like everyone's cheering for him. Yeah. And like all the other actors are like, Oh my God, you did so good. That was so incredible. And then he's walking out and then his dad like grabs him. He's like, we need to go. Like, yeah. let's go. Yeah. And, and, and the dad, what he tells um, he tells Neil like something about ten years, right? I, I was kind of like jumping in and out, I, like I don't remember that. Of, of that scene. He he like disciplined him or something, right? At, at when he was sitting well, in, the, just in his like, office or something. The office? Oh, no, 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 not yet, not yet, no, 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 not yet. I'm they're still at the the theater. I'm talking mm. about like okay, where he's okay. where they're like taking him out, right? He's like, we need to leave, right? He's like, come with me. Or whatever, like he grabs his son, and he starts taking him out, and then that's when Robin Williams shows up, and he's like, "Neil, oh my God, incredible work! Like, great job!" And all his friends are there too, and they're like, like talk, talking it up, right? They're like, "Dude, you did such a good job! Oh my God, so incredible!" And then uh, his dad's like, "Stay the hell away from my son, all right, right or whatever." Yeah, or he's yeah. like, "You're the cause of this. You're the reason why he wants to be this little actor, and he need he wants him to be a doctor. Or he wants him to go into engineering or whatever. You're a lawyer um, or something. Yeah, yeah, some like honorable profession or whatever." And he's like, "Dude, I love acting. This is great." And Robin Williams like, "Incredible work." And then that's when Kurt Wisman says, like, "Stay the hell away from my son." And then his friends jump and he's like, "No, no, no, Mr. Perry, Mr. Perry!" Like, and then Robin's like, "Dude." no come back like it's not worth it you're just making it worse Mm -hmm. so then they drive off and they go home and that's when mr perry tells neil like we're enrolling you in the military academy military academy that's right and you're not gonna act anymore you're you're done with this and then neil has a chance to like say something right like he stands up he's like that's not how i feel i feel and then that's when he goes well tell me how you feel and like i was on like tell him like tell him mm-hmm. oh my god and then he just says nothing like he literally just goes never like i i feel nothing sir or whatever so this is all implying that he lied to mr keating then i don't know i didn't get that well well because mr keating was like when um neil was telling mr keating he was like he's like yeah i get know, what you're saying passion and everything and then and then robin yeah. was like you got to tell your dad exactly what you did yeah and then exactly what you said and then and then that's what neil said to mr keating he's like oh yeah he's i told him about it yeah and he told them todd told that to todd too i don't i didn't get that part i didn't i didn't i didn't feel like he lied or whatever maybe it's but just I a guess, part of it then that like yeah. we're we're still we're supposed to be Up shocked to pro- right we're supposed yeah, to be yeah. like oh shoot like the and dad we were, is like, i was super not into this acting yeah. thing yeah they definitely threw us for a loop where he showed up and then is not into it yeah um but and then well that's done. where 
Yeah, it was a good little twist. And then in the middle of the night, that's when he and that's when he goes into the to the office, grabs the gun, and says goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and and great, like it's terrible, right? They don't show the gunshot. You don't hear the gunshot, which I thought was a really interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um. Because you are also on the side. Because you don't really know what he's doing in that moment. Yeah, he's just being weird. Like, he opened the window. Yeah, he just kind of walks through the house. And he's, like, in the office or whatever. Like, nothing's... Like, it's kind of confusing. And... And to on, it kind of drug out a little bit, like to the point where I, I think I pulled out and checked Instagram. I was just like, eh, like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, he walks and around. He like sees his dad like sleeping, and then it like looks like there's like a knife on the nightstand or something. But I was like, oh, maybe it's not a knife. And then he he keeps walking, and then oh yeah, he puts the gun wrapped in the towel. But you could yeah, so I, you don't you can I'll, yeah. I was like, I, I no, know. I think I know. I don't. It wasn't it wasn't like a hundred percent. He's grabbing a gun, you know, mm-hmm. like they're they're playing coy. Yeah. Um, so then they don't do a sound, which I thought was like a really, really good decision. Cause it leaves you in that like confused state, yeah, right? We're yeah. just, we're just Kurt with Smith, like wakes up in a rush. He's like, what was that noise? And like, we didn't yeah. hear the noise. So it was really cool. So that whole suspense of him walking through the house, calling for Neil, calling for Neil. And then as a viewer, at least for me, I was like, oh no, yeah, I know. I know what happened, but like, it wasn't like a hundred percent. So they did a, it's, it's a, obviously an awful awful thing but uh really well done it really really lands yeah in the sense that it tugs with your emotions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it doesn't like it's not extreme shock but it is like like you're kind of leading like did they did he just oh did he yeah yeah and then and then when kurtwood smith finds him right he smell he opens the the office door and smells the gunshot and then sees the smoke, like the perfect sequence of events to be like, something's weird. Something yeah. smells. I see the smoke. I go around the corner and then he sees his hand like lying yeah. on the ground and then goes to slow motion. Right. And then he just screams. No. Yeah. Yeah. My son, Dude, yeah. my son, my son, my son. And then the mom comes in. Oh, it's, it's so awful, dude. It's so like actually heartbreaking. Yeah, it, I would. How, how are I, you? How are you holding up? <laughs> oh well, I mean, I, so I was just watching it like like an hour ago, like in uh, the living room, <laughs> and like I was watching it, and I was like, oh no, oh no, like I was yeah. just narrating, just like thinking yeah. out loud, and then like um, Alex and Janella were eating lunch, <laughs> like yeah, in Alex the middle, and Janella, and, your roommates, yeah, yeah, and then um, like that scene happened, and I was like, oh. Sorry guys, you know this is not really that uh, upbeat to be watching while you're eating, but um, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I was like, it was yeah, it was sad. It was it, it was, was sad. super sad, and it, they did a great yeah. job. Like, I never thought the movie was going in that direction, right? Because right. yeah, like no, we talked neither. about last week, right? The what we knew going into this movie was, oh, Captain, my Captain. That's all we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robin Williams is in this movie. That's all we knew about this movie. So. I didn't know what was going to happen that That's, led to that yeah. event. I, so, I, th- I felt the same way too. I was like, I was like, man, everything's so good right now. Like something's uh-huh. gotta have, like something bad has to happen soon. Yeah. And then, and it, and it definitely did. And when they told did. Todd, right. Where, where Nwanda <laughs> comes mm-hmm. in and tells Todd, like wakes him up in the middle of the night. He's like crying. Yeah. Right. Oh God, dude. Oh, that whole sequence. And then like even Todd, who at this point like has kind of found his voice like goes out and they're like running in the snow and he's like screaming mm-hmm. and like oh my god dude they all did so freaking good in this moment 
it all lands perfectly. You feel the emotion. You're feeling the emotion yourself. It was funny because Megan, I think her mom called her. She had to go do a, uh, Megan, my girlfriend, had to go do like a meeting, a Zoom meeting or whatever. And she was like watching in the living room with me. And like she left during this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like she comes back and she's like, she's seen this movie. She's like, I missed it. And I was like, <laughs> I looked at her, was like, Neil's dead. <laughs> like, no, like, I don't yeah. want that. And she's like, she like gave me a hug. <laughs> she's like, I know, I know. I know. Like, I didn't want that to happen. Um, what, what was nice though to see is that like at that time when um when todd's like scrambling in the snow like mm-hmm. all the boys the boys are coming together like yeah. they're clearly a very strong unit now at this point uh-huh. so they're like hey he's like just let him go let, him, let him go, go let man. him go he's gotta he's gotta do this, this yeah. he needs this just let and him go it goes along with the same character arc like dude todd is still he's still a growing boy he's mm-hmm. still moving ethan hawk man he crushed it. He's a he goat. He crushed it right He's here. A goat. He's a total goat. Hawk is a goat. Hawk is a goat. Uh, but yeah, even like to the like, he's like tripping while he's running. Like he's so fully yeah. fledged into that moment. Oh, it's so good because it's like, like frantic. Eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, it's you, not. You don't like, know what you're oh, doing. To... Your your friend just died. You know, you're like freaking yeah, you're, out. You're panicked. You don't know what to do. You're running towards a frozen yeah. lake. Yeah. I was worried. There's I was like, oh, my God, he's going to run into the rake, and then the lake is going to break, and he's going to drown and freeze and get – like. I was like, no. Uh, but he, he, that doesn't happen, thank God. Um, Thankfully. This isn't that kind yeah, of movie. The, this isn't, yeah, they, they only kill one kid to suicide. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then we never see the parents again, um, and this and ultimately leads to, like, them – all coming together and like having to like all end up eventually signing that like Mr. Keating was the one who did this or whatever. He's the leader of the rat pack or whatever. Right. Which, which sucks. Um, they did it to like save their own skins or whatever. Or like they all kind of like one kid did it. Then the next kid did it. Then the next kid did it. So it's just kind of like, well, I, I have no choice, but to tell the principal it was his fault. And, and the administration too. Like that mean, that mean old man, he, yeah, that paddle man, he, he was like, he knew what he needed to do to get rid of Mr. Nolan, right? Mr. Nolan, the right. The Mr. Yeah. Mr. Nolan, he knew what he needed to do to get rid of Mr. Keating. And so he yeah. kind of like when he was interrogating Todd, he's like, so wouldn't you agree that Mr. Keating led yeah. these boys to think a certain that way? Manipulative. Into- yeah, yeah. Manipulative uh, interrogation. Yeah. Ugh. And so then Todd had to sign it, but Lo and behold, the the, 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 the movie scene. ends. Well, I guess we didn't talk about it in the beginning, but there is a moment in the beginning where, you know, the, oh, Captain, my Captain. He's like, you can address me as Mr. Keating or Captain or, oh, Captain, right. my Captain or whatever. Like, that's like one of the first things he says to the whole class mm-hmm. uh, while they're uh, after that uh, little lead lead me down the to see all the pictures and stuff um, in the very first scene with him. So that's when and that's when you see Todd his full character arc, right? So like they walk in, or he walks in to collect his belongings. They are now being led by Mr. Nolan, right? He is now teaching the class until they can find a replacement. And they, that's when, you know, they, the, the little joke about the, okay, read this. I need you to read the first uh, paragraph of the introduction, which they have ripped out of the book. Um, he's like, sir, that page has been ripped out of my way. He's like, well, borrow somebody else's. He's like, uh, we, we all ripped it out. <laughs> like, it's very funny and very cutesy. Um, 
Because you can see Robin Williams, he's like peering through in the corner. He's like kind of like smirking a little bit. Yeah, and then so yeah, then he ends up walking in, and he's like, "That's what Mr. Nolan is like." Well, read mine, and then he's like, "The whole reason they ripped that introduction out, by the way, was was because like it was bad, right?" Like, and I as they were reading in that first scene, I was like, "Don't like this isn't poetry. Like, you don't wreck like on a scale of like mathematics, like a graph, categorizing poems based on like how relevant they are to society and how." like very dumb it's it's logically trying to categorize poems whereas poems are like you know free flowing and yeah expression like emotional expression uh that's the whole point and they're trying to like mathematize it yeah yeah uh, so yeah like they rip it out and i and i was like okay good they all ripped out very good anyway so that's when they're like mr nolan's like can you read read it from my book and he's reading it and that's when robin williams walks in he's like i'm i'm here to collect my personals uh yeah. and then that's when he walks into his office, grabs his things. They're reading the introduction and he starts walking back out. And that's when Todd's like, Mr. Keating, I'm sorry. Da, da, da. And then Mr. Nolan's like, sit down, butter. I do better. It starts like barking at him or whatever. And then the moment, right? Like the big moment, Todd stands on his desk and says, Oh, captain, my captain. And then, uh, which was like a nod back to like one of the, things that they did in class under Robin Williams, right? Where he's like, you need to get a new perspective, stand on my desk and get a new perspective, see it from a different world, you know, that whole thing. Um, and then ever you know, slowly but surely about half the class joins in and stands on their desk, which I thought was cool that they didn't make it the whole class. I thought that I was agree. like realistic. Yeah, because right? not all the boys were in. They were not the all DPS. touched, right? They were all not touched by how Robin Williams taught the class. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, all the the Dead Poet Society, they all stand on their desks, except for Meeks, right? I think Meeks is the only one, the redhead, who doesn't, who doesn't stand on his desk. The dude who rat, yeah, he yeah, the he was rat. like ashamed. Yeah. At least he um, should have felt ashamed. Yeah, he's like the only one who doesn't stand up from the Dead Poet Society. Um, and then they, you know, they all go captain my captain. They do these long shots with dramatic music. And then Robin Williams is like, thank you, boys. And then he walks out, and that's the end of the movie. I was shocked that that was the end of the movie. Yeah, me too. It kind of leaves you on a on a cliff. Kind of on a cliff, but, like, not really. Like, it's not a, it's not like an a Infinity War cliff, right? Yeah, Where you're just yeah. like, what? Like, it was kind of just like, huh. And, like, mm-hmm. especially for us who have, we've seen that moment or like we know about that moment i didn't i never put it together that this was what it was yeah like this is what it meant yes like i i had heard because right when we said no that's all we know about the movie oh captain my captain but the standing on the desk thing i felt like that was kind of the more um significant yeah thing right because the action behind it the the metaphor of like we are we see you from a different point of view or whatever kind of thing right like they're playing coy with that um yeah and it, it, and it lands of, it does land it does land I, I i would say it kind of ends like a little uneasy because you're like oh man like at the it's end of the day outcome. the administration yeah. won like he's not yeah. teaching these classes anymore and he's not able to mold any more minds yeah. but um on the bright side look at the minds that he has molded they're like clearly changed from yeah i don't know how many months went by like like four months maybe yeah somewhere <laughs> on there a couple months so in that time he's able to like totally change these dudes and like make them think differently make them think better which is like yeah beautiful beautiful yeah and then he walks out and then and roll credits um last thing i didn't i didn't i didn't put i uh, didn't bring up uh this movie does not pass the bechtel test 
like at all. What's the Bechdel uh, test? It's like oh, women in the movie need to have a role outside of like romanticism. Oh, there is nothing yeah, no. like the only female in this movie besides like a mother <laughs> or an actor in the play is Chris, and she's literally only there for the purpose of love. So it does not pass the Bechdel test. This is a very <laughs> this is a sausage fest. Like this is a a boys only school, uh, and it's only about boys. Boys no, and, uh, and no straight, straight boys. No, no uh, only Y chromosomes. Yeah. Uh, I think, right? No, XY is boy. Uh, is is right. male. Sorry, male. Um, s- s- sexual male on the sexual spectrum. I'm trying to say it the right way. You get what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I, that, yeah. The Oh Captain, My Captain scene lands. Totally lands. Uh, it would have obviously been better had we not known that was coming because there is really not much of a there's like maybe one nod halfway through the movie where they call robin williams captain right where they try to get his attention with the book yeah the the yearbook so like that is a very good callback us knowing what we know in 2021 31 years after the movie came out like that kind of sucks uh that it gets a little spoiled for us but it still definitely works and it's it's, it's a heartwarming moment uh, that's true i mean i would say though that it's nice that we like knew about it so that we'd be like, Oh, it's almost like a um, Pavlovian dog where you hear the bell and then you start, like it starts to trigger you. So every time I heard, <laughs> at least for me, every time I heard captain, I'm like, Oh, okay. Let's pay attention <laughs> to this part really quick. That's funny. Cause I need to like really, really hone in on this so that I'm able yeah. to absorb all of the. Uh... Um, so Alex, that leads <laughs> Alex is is trying to trick me and freeze on our Zoom call. It's not going to work, kid. You're shaking. Um, You're shaking. Too much coffee, bud. Too much coffee, bud. (laughs) Al, that leads me to my question. Is this a movie that someone should watch in 2021? Absolutely. Two thumbs way up. I think, you know, it goes along of... Right? I, I really like characters. So I like to see the characters develop, but... It also has like a lot of underlying themes of like, you know, what do you really want to do with your life? Love and and passion and emotion. Yeah. It's got really beautiful themes. It does. Uh, I will say I was a little cynical towards poetry as a whole heading into the movie. Um, Just like personally, I'm just like, I don't care about poetry. Like it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, Not that I'm saying like, oh, I'm a poet now. Um, but I, I can appreciate it a little bit more. Like I was like, all right, what's the big deal? Like it's poetry, like who cares? Um, but like it is, gives you a different, a different perspective. Like it is something that like to express and like to man, for man to express himself or for humans to express himself. I should, I should put it that way. Um, Through language. It's not just a physical world. Like you can, you can swoon via language (laughs) if you really wanted to. Funny. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Alex. I think, I think this is a must watch for all movie fans, all types of movie fans will enjoy this. Anyone over the age of 13, uh, this yeah. is uh, this is a movie to see. It holds up aside from the kissing the drunk girl at the party um, and the lone black actor who you don't get to see his face um, and is on screen for one second, at least by my count. Um, other than that, this movie totally holds up. It's a good story. Robin Williams is at his best at his absolute best in this is this is some of the best dramatic robin williams you'll ever get um ethan hawk is 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 a prodigy at this point like he is a young up-and-coming 
actor who is in, is really fills his shoes here. Kurtwood Smith does great in the limited role limited role he gets, um, and all the kids are great. All the kids are great. It's just a a, a really really good movie, and um, you should definitely see it. That if you really like bagpipes. It's a it's if you a good really movie like bagpipes, well. big bagpipe movie, mm-hmm. a BPM a bagpipe movie. BPM. Of all the bagpipe movies, I think this is the top. Mm-hmm. Name one other. What's a, what's your other favorite bagpipe movie? Other favorite bagpipe movie? Uh, what's the one? Uh, they will take our land. We'll oh, Braveheart. Take... Braveheart. Thank you. Braveheart's a bagpipe movie. This yeah, is yeah, above Braveheart. Braveheart. I, I actually haven't seen all of Braveheart, but maybe that. Maybe we'll do that in a future episode. That's another one that's like three hours long. Oh, okay. Maybe that'll be in like a year. Mel Gibson. Uh, yeah, three hour movies. That's our cutoff. Is like two forty five is our cutoff. Uh, from now on, after the three hours and forty whatever minutes of, of Gone with the Wind. Um, anyway, of which our next movie is going to be hold, <laughs> a hold, lot less than that, right? <laughs> yes, that I have to say the line, and Sorry. that and that was Dead Poet Society. Oh, Steve loves his catchphrases. I'm a catchphrase boy. You like to have your catchphrases here. Um, all right, Alex, what is our next movie? Wait, I, I was going to clap. I was going to clap. Oh, okay. We're gonna clap. And that's your, yeah, yeah. That's my, okay, cool. Very cool. That was worth it. Uh, smooth, smooth. <laughs> smooth. Very, very smooth. Very, very smooth. Alex, what is our next movie? Our next movie is 16 Candles? <laughs> yes. You're supposed to do the thing, Alex, the IMDb thing. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come 16. on, Al. This is good. This, people aren't waiting. People aren't waiting. But Sistine. Sistine. <laughs> the Sistine Chapel of Candles. The 16th Chapel. Okay, okay. Um, so here's the synopsis, right? You gotta oh, read my the, gosh. The, you got to do the release date. You got to come on, Al. Sorry, I keep forgetting. Okay, so it released in 1984. Um, PG comedy romance. Um, hour 33, 7.1 out of 10. Oh yeah, this is gonna be great. Directed. Molly Ringwald, um, yeah, some other people. This but, is good. Um, this is good. You're directed you're by John natural, Hughes. Written by host. John Hughes. It's a classic John Hughes movie. Really? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. This guy's a. He wrote Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and The Breakfast Club, and Planes, Trains. Mm-hmm. And, John uh, Hughes. Okay, and, so this uh, man on. was like the epitome of all like '80s movies. Yes, Flubber. He, he made Flubber. He's the '80s and '90s movie king. Mostly '80s movies. Miracle on 34th Street. Wow, this guy's a rock star. Absolute rock star. So we will be doing... made in Manhattan. Wait, isn't that with J Lo? I don't know. Home he... Alone. He wrote Home Alone. Oh my gosh. Okay, I could go on and on. Yes, I love. It's very interesting to like. Okay, as for someone like me who very, very much loves John Hughes. Uh, it's very interesting to me to see you find out who John Hughes is. Mm-hmm. John Hughes is like a god in my head. Like he's one of the greatest screenwriters ever god. and directors ever. Uh, and it's very funny to see you be like, "Whoa, wait, what?" Yeah, uh, this is all very fun. Very fun for very fun for Al. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing Sixteen Candles next week. A movie I have seen many, 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 many times and is one of my faves. I would say like top twenty movies Whoa. for me um and alex has never seen it so we'll be doing that again where alex oh no this will be the first time that we do a movie you haven't seen and i have 
Mm-hmm. So we both hadn't seen Gone with the Wind, both hadn't seen Dead Poets Society. I had seen, or you had seen Jaws, and I hadn't. So this will be the first time we see a movie I've seen, and Alex has not. So that's next week, 16 Candles. So if you have time, watch it. Very short movie, 93-minute runtime. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The and, synopsis, it says... Um, oh, yeah, you have to read the synopsis. It's like that. something like a girl's sweet 16th birthday becomes anything but special as she suffers from every embarrassment possible. Ah, the, so she gets is, embarrassed. It is the 80s movie. It is like the... Like next to Breakfast Club, it is the '80s movie. Really, um, and it has Molly Ringwald in both of them. Yep, and Molly Ringwald is the the queen of the '80s. Um, huh. So anyway, that'll be 16 Candles. That'll be next week, and that'll do it for us. This is our longest ep, Al. Yeah, my uh, my recording stopped at uh, 51 minutes, so perfect, I would perfect. imply that we probably went over that. Cool, great. I love how your recording stops every week. Um, great. I love having lower quality. I used, I used audacity. Like you told me good stuff. Anyway, this doesn't matter. Uh, all right. We'll see you next week. That's Alex Schmidt and follow him on Twitter at, and Instagram. If you care at Alex Schmidt, you can follow me at Steve Granado, G R A N A D O. That'll do it for us this week. We'll talk to you next week with 16 candles. Bye. Bye.